What's going on, everybody? This is Sean of Ross Like Music. And this is the Super Sunny Show. I'm La Molly. This is Blue and Green Radio. Hello and welcome along to this month's edition of the Music for Modern Living Radio Show right here on Blue and Green Radio. You're locked in with me, Nigel Gentry. Party people, this is Mr. V of Confessions of a Curly Mind broadcasting through Blue and Green Radio. You're listening to Steve Williams at UK5.org. Welcome to the Blue and Green Sessions. Ride the vibe with DJ Ronnie Ron. Twisted Souls. You're listening to the Blue and Green podcast, and I hope you enjoy what we are going to say. Blueandgreenradio.com. Welcome, friends. You're tuned in to another episode of the Blue in Green podcast. My name's Imran. Thank you very much for your time and your company uh, for today's show. I very much hope you enjoy what we have planned. It's a really exciting episode. Uh, looking forward to getting stuck into. But before we do, quick reminder that the Blue in Green podcast uh, runs in conjunction with Blue in Green Radio, the online internet radio station we broadcast uh, primarily from London, but we're massively fortunate enough to be able to host shows from across the world including japan the states australia and of course the uk so we very much uh hope you'll be inclined to check us out visit our website at www.blueingreenradio.com where you can find our radio stream um if you're accessing the site via a laptop uh, tablet or desktop and you can also find our complete back catalogue of these blue in green podcasts primarily these podcasts were kind of created as a way for me to reach out to our amazing presenters from across the world and uh, today sees us do just that uh, it's another episode featuring our dear friend and uh, collaborator and blue in green radio uh, contributor uh, DJ Ronnie Ron Rhonda herself uh, from San Jose California Rhonda and I, uh, we connect almost every month, almost every month for one of these episodes, and uh, it's always an absolute pleasure to do so. Recent conversations, however, have sort of inspired us to kind of evolve uh, how we conduct these episodes. So, um, for a little while, every now and then, maybe we'll be dipping into an album. So this is going to be a full-on album discussion. And uh, to kick off the first of these, we thought we would visit uh, D'Angelo's seminal uh, album Voodoo, released in January um, 20 years ago, if you can believe it. January 2000, well, January 25th, uh, the year 2000 to be precise. Uh, available through Virgin Records. It was D'Angelo's second album. Five years after the uh, the the luxurious breakthrough that was brown sugar um it's yeah this is a really exciting album to talk about it it means a lot to a lot of people i think it's a very significant album for ronda and myself and also it's it rings true i think for a lot of the people i'm actually really fortunate to interview a lot of people including vincent helbers if you listen back to our episode uh with him he you know he talks about what this album means to him Sean Sophia from Raw Select Music massive fan of this album and uh, I think so many uh, people are Varhe how could I not include Varhe our very own uh, Mr V this album means a lot to a lot of people so it's really exciting that we've uh, kind of jumping head on uh, into it we've already picked our album 
uh, for the next discussion, which is really exciting. I think, should I tell you now? Oh, you know what? I will. I will tell you now. It is going to be the Robert Glasper Experiments Black Radio. So we hope to unveil that one uh, within August, September. Oh, no, it was, it's going to be September. I beg your pardon. September 2020. Keep your eyes peeled on uh, however you're currently listening to us. And you can find Rhonda and I discussing Robert Glasper's uh, Black Radio. I'll say no more about it. I'll save our reservations for the uh the actual episode today obviously all d'angelo so um i'm i'm very sure you're going to enjoy this one quite a lot uh regular listeners of these podcasts will know we feature two songs uh per episode uh ronda in this case our guest will be picking the closing number but i have the luxury of picking the opening one um i won't say well <laughs> as i say in the conversation I'm always going to, if it comes down to to Voodoo, there's two songs instantly I'll gravitate towards of the 13 throughout the album. I love the album. I could almost pick any songs from the album, but there's two primarily that will stand above all else. I won't tell you what the other one is because it's revealed in the conversation later. However, the first is going to be Send It On. So that's going to be my pick as our opening number. We're going to play Send It On and then we're going to go straight into our conversation with Rhonda. So thanks very much for tuning in i hope as i say that you'll enjoy this episode i think you will i think you will and uh, i'd love to know what your thoughts are on this wonderful project this wonderful album from d'angelo so uh, uh please feel free again to visit us at www.blueinkgreenradio.com and uh, uh hope you enjoy the show cheers Now the 
I think so you bounced it to me which was fun so you said that you can pick an album for us to jump into so I whittled it down to two and threw it back yeah. <laughs> to you yeah I was like pick. wait are we playing tennis are we picking a topic so it's like, <laughs> like okay but I did okay right. for the first round I took no, you billions didn't. of albums in the world and yes. I narrowed it down to two which okay. were D'Angelo's Brown Sugar and Voodoo and I said which yeah. one would you like to go for and you answered Voodoo. Voodoo. So I did. I was, you know, and and between those two albums, um, <clears throat> that was a a nice choice for you to to bestow on me. Thank you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I picked Voodoo just to um, give us the second album, and I just wanted to, you know, let's let's have fun because that was supposed to be what we were going to do with this this uh, this the show mm. right and then i started to listen to this album again and i'm like oh thank god i picked this one and i love brown sugar don't get me wrong mm. but it it just this album which is 20 years yeah uh, yeah old this year um it's it's a classic imran it sounds as good now as when it was released back in 2000 and oh and what's funny is the songs that i the songs i like then you know i've you know you try and pretend like you're more mature now with your you're listening (laughs) i like other songs now you know you know but um it's just this is a really really good album right so actually i'm glad 
we did this and we picked this album because it's like you're like well yeah we picked the album and we only like one or two songs and well how are we going to fill this this conversation but we're on the other extreme where there are so many good songs you know it's it's just a meaty mm. meaty classic it's just it's a good album yes so, so it's when um, you said like it sounds as good now as it did then so that's mm-hmm. the, that's a real interesting question because interesting point because the fact that it sounded so different to its predecessor brown sugar in 95 mm-hmm. that came out so there were five years between these albums and i suppose the time in between for d'angelo even though five years is a lot it was fairly productive uh, as opposed to the time the 14 years between voodoo and uh, black messiah which there were some appearances and guest spots and a couple of like a maybe a couple of soundtracks that he he did as well but it, not really in overall a productive period um, for that second uh, portion but you know between brown sugar and, and food it was fairly productive there's quite a lot of songs that came out in the interim however it's still so incredibly different like what were your initial thoughts when you heard it did you instantly say yes this is brilliant or did you say oh no he's this is a little bit because I knew people at the time who were not embracing how different it was to brown sugar oh um for me because that was brown sugar kind of was part of the whole start of the neo soul so that album kind of put him in that that category of music so i was ready to hear his next album right Mm -hmm. um but i think too because you know some some listeners that we start talking about the music video but it was part of that too that also drew drew me in right because at that time untitled was like the hot track mm-hmm. right and then his video that went with it drew a lot of fans in so um that was actually my 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 song back when it dropped All right and um so i wasn't so much hung up that it was different from brown sugar um but what's interesting was i was researching for this is that for Brown Sugar, um, he, as a, as a Bob Powers, did the production, right? And he's not as happy with Brown Sugar as he was with Voodoo because they went in and cleaned up that album. So when he had his demos, it just became too perfect to him sound-wise. Brown Sugar did. And so when he went into Voodoo, he wanted more of that demo, that that um, gritty right. grittiness to the album, and um, and that's what he was going for. Um, and I wasn't so caught up into like like now I'm trying to critique you know and give you know like this deep prose when I was like no I just like all the songs back then. Um, it's a funk album, and you know me and funk, so I'm right. just like that's what really. I would have loved this album because of the funk. And when I went back through it again, it was like, oh yeah, all of these songs, all of these pocket grooves that he has, it's like, this is what, this is really what's drawing me back. Why I'm like, oh, this is such a hot album right now because of those grooves. Those they're still on point to, for me anyway. Mm. Yeah. I knew a few, I knew some brown sugar purists who, 
in a way it was sort of an unfair thing to say but in a way they're kind of really correct because they they didn't like mm-hmm. voodoo uh, I knew my uh, my cousin in particular didn't like voodoo because he said the whole thing sounded like a jam session, which is funny because it's sort of how those sessions were started. That's in essence mm-hmm. what they did. They would play some of their favorite songs and jam those until they evolved into other things. Um, but so he was sort of right. I don't listen to the album and, and take that from it. I don't listen to it and think, you know, the whole thing sounds like one big jam session, but it was something that he, I suppose, it, yeah, he was right in that that is how it started, but I don't know, it's yeah. sort of what he didn't like about it at the same time. Well, I think, too, the way the album is presented, the songs run into each other. Hmm. So if you, like, burn burn it to MP3, you hear, like, these breaks, right? Because they were really, one song right. went into another, into another, right? Which, you know with my house music background. I, I like that. I like the mm-hmm. flows. Um, but yeah, as I studied for this and that's what they were doing, they were listening to, you know, James Brown or Sly and the Family Stone or Al Green, and they would just watch them perform. And then they would go into the studio and just jam and jam and jam until they found, hey, hey, I like that. Play that back, play mm-hmm. that back. And that became these songs, right? So yeah, that whole vibe. And and you you have to think too. He's in Electric Lady Studios. So he's under the aura of Jimi Hendrix. Yeah, yeah. In addition to all of this, there's a whole vibe to this album that he was trying to capture, which is a little deeper and more instrumental um than let's say if we want to do texture than brown sugar. So yeah, I can see where someone if you weren't into all of the music and you're not a, yeah, okay. But, but see, since I've like really got into James, I really got into Prince. I can really get into D'Angelo and it's like really appreciate all the musicianship. That's why it's like, um, when you use uh, electronic music, it doesn't always age well. This is what I was trying to get at with when I said it was classic. It's like, this is 20 years from now, from when he released it. I listen yeah. to it now. It, 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 it aged well. It still sounds good. And that's, that's a credit to him and those musicians, right? Mm. The other thing that might have thrown him off uh, between the two albums is the way he had Questlove drum for him. So, um, cause it's a different sound, right? Yeah. So if you're, so, um, and I was watching that, right? So here you have Questlove, that's a hip hop drummer, and he's known for his precision, right? Like a metronome, right? Mm. Just on it. He's always on it. And then he crosses with D'Angelo and D'Angelo's like, I, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want your per- perfection. I want you to let go of that. I want you to to trust me and and get a little drunk with with the beat. Now, I I don't know. I mean, <laughs> that would be hard for me if I was um to the level of say Questlove to the to 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 ha- to take that precision, to take that perfection and say I'm going to give it up for you. I'm going to trust you and I'm not going to play like I normally play. I'm going to I'm going to do this whole new thing for you right and so you have to learn how to play like that right and then trust that 
because I'm playing like this. It doesn't sound right in my head, but I'm going to go with you. Mm. And then have D'Angelo just work his thing around it. Because the other thing that we should bring up is that D'Angelo was raised in the church. <clears throat> so there's going to be some elements of that. Um, and he also played with um, quartets. So he his melodic the things he can do with his vocals, because he's the only vocalist on this album. Um, all of that plays a role. So now in his head, he hears what he wants, right? And then you've got this drummer that's like, uh, are you sure this is, what you, this is fine? Just trust me, just go with me. And I'm going to play this and I'm going to, you know, and then in the end, when you hear all of it together, right? It's like, I don't know how, even like the other musicians, because he's having... Questlove play these off beats and different beats and like you you got to know just play the way I want you to and then the groove's going to be there so um that I think that that's also a difference mm -hmm. between the two albums right so if you're listening to it and you're listening for you know a specific rhythm you're, it's, you're not going to hear that between the two albums mm -hmm. Questlove's a, a very, uh, I suppose, quite important name or pivotal name for, I suppose, the, the you know, to discuss this album. I mean, uh, I mean, first, did you know that he he was asked by Bob Power to be on Brown Sugar? Um, yeah. And he turned it down. He said, I don't want to do mm -hmm. R&B music, <laughs> which <laughs> he goes, I don't want to do a young, you know, young kids R&B music. Then he heard it and thought, oh, <laughs> I got that I wrong. Which uh, yes. <laughs> yeah, like I got that very wrong. And then he swiped him up very quickly for, uh, Il, um, not your man, big pun, Illadelf uh, Half-Life. And he did, they did that gorgeous yeah. song of uh, the hypnotic and subsequently yes. the nautic. So that was obviously after Brown Sugar when he heard the album. I thought, oh gosh, I really missed uh, an oh, opportunity. Oh. So he's obviously yeah. now on a huge portion, if not the whole, uh of voodoo but i mean but he's also in, in a sort of an important name for the conversation because voodoo is sort of uh voodoo came out amongst a, a, an important series of albums which sort of surmised that soul Quarian mm -hmm. collective um and it was one of the ones with uh, the roots things fall apart erica badu's mama's gun and commons like water for chocolate where all of these sessions were happening almost at the same time uh, in yes. some cases the same building people were walking in and out of studios where all of these albums were being recorded we could probably put bilal's firstborn second in in that, yeah. that list as well um but those i think that four uh of uh, voodoo mama's gun and uh the roots and um like water for chocolate those are generally heralded as those four peak soul Quarian uh albums yeah. of which voodoo is obviously a huge part of and quest love probably a bigger part of uh that that entire collective as well yeah the the so yeah, to, to lead off of that and then to tie it into how those albums came together. So when he realized that he had, you know, made a bad choice in <laughs> passing on Brown Sugar, he had, um, he was doing a performance um, and D'Angelo and Erica were in the audience. And so he thought, okay, this is my time to impress D'Angelo and let him know I, I messed up. I know I I'm in sync with you 
and you know I want to work with you. And now I told you he's precision, right? So now you're on a live performance with your band, and mm. he decides to play a Prince drum solo right. intro, right, to kick off a song. And I, if I was in his band at that time, because they're all looking at him like, "What are you doing?" <laughs> and, and he's playing this in such a way that D'Angelo's like, "Yeah." Yeah, I want you as my drummer, right? So now he's like, he's back in D'Angelo's good books, right? Because he did it. But his band is like, what are you doing? Because this is not what we do. What What is that? But yeah, so um, D'Angelo, they were all, so those three albums were actually all done at um, Electric Lady mm. Studios. So he, um, D'Angelo, he said, um, he would work from like six in the night till 11 in the morning. So oh, when he was waiting for that, they would work on Common's album. Yeah. And then, and then Erica was like on the seafloor. So they were all, they all were like hopping around into each other's studio time. And so, cause I love Mama's Gun too. So it's a great album. My favorite body one by far. Yeah, exactly. And so to think like those albums were like done at the same time and then they have that impact on those yeah. artists that way um it's amazing I, yeah. I don't know maybe the, the real presence of jimmy was just watching over yeah. all of them at that time so yeah but you know if i was in his band i'm like dude what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> i just you know but, but chicken grease is, an, is a great example of of that sort of of them all working together because that was initially created by james poiser who who was creating that for like water for chocolate for common oh, but it was d'angelo okay. he heard that and thought oh my gosh like no <laughs> and he, he you know coerced um, them to letting yeah. him have it Everybody come 
it's like it's bizarre because James Boyd's a, obviously a key member of that Soulquarian, certainly the production stable, but he he's only on that one track for for, um, for Voodoo, which is really strange. I, I would have thought he would have had a a far bigger contribution to to that album. Um. Well, I mean, if we could get Angelo on the phone, we yes. can. Yes. Hang on, I'm trying. It's it's on hold. Hang on. <laughs> it's on we'll hold. Pa- okay. Can you patch him through, Dennis? Patch yeah, him through I, when when he no. thinks. <laughs> okay, we'll 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 stick around. We're gonna hold. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, and I, you know, all I can assume is because um, a lot of um, even some of the the musicianship. D'Angelo is doing himself so um, maybe he just needed him for that particular track but uh, yeah I mean like Raphael Sadiq oh my god yeah it's a delicious bass you know and he didn't have him on everyone but the ones he had him on it's just fat bass right um, just like an entitled where he you could just tell it's Raphael yeah. and um He's on the yeah. Is it the root? The not the root. The line. I think he's, he's got. He yeah, he's on there on well. too. Yeah, and uh, they have Roy Hargrove. I'm like, he's just yeah. this. These guys were just. He had a great band playing with him, yeah. and it's just tasty. Oh, I don't know. And obviously, Pino. Yeah. If we're talking bass on the album, Pino Palladino yes. with another health healthy chunk, healthy contribution to the uh, yes the album as well. So, and then uh, Charlie Hunter yeah. played bass on the root, which is actually is my current favorite song right now. Oh, really? The root. talking about grooves right where the musically he has like these pocket grooves but in the root he's actually working the groove vocally and 
it's just I'm like I'm just caught up I'm just so impressed with the way he was able to just keep working his vocals and working and working and working and uh, it just comes out really nice um but then when I did the I was watching like a part of um the documentary for him he it was hard for him to do that song because of whoever inspired it <laughs> right and so he had to go and, and relive some of whatever got him into that trouble so it was hard for him to share it but he, uh, yeah I'm glad he did it because it's, mm. it's a masterful track um, um, and then what was the other thing so Quest um he was saying that you know they started like um in 96 so between 96 and 90 98 the core music was done i mean this is a five-year period right Mm, yeah but it took him like from 97 to 99 to do all of his vocals to to the way he wanted and I'm not sure how the record company handled this whole long delay because, you know, they're like, um, when are we going to get an album? Yeah. You know, but I'm glad that they let him do it the way he wanted because, you know, it's still relevant now. Yeah, yeah. it is great. And you're right, the, some of those songs were obviously floating around for a while, particularly Devil's Pie. <laughs> stuck out for me as much as I like the song it's always the one that I always would think I don't think this really fits on the album like as much I know left and right got a lot of flack like I, I remember like okay player boards would go like no get that song like as far away from the album as possible but I love left and right but I don't well, think it sticks out to me devil's pie is the one that that really sticks out as not really flowing within the whole album well, musically for me. So, and, and that's because most of, there's a lot of sample, yeah. samples being used on that, so you don't get the musician's, you know, influence as much. 
but I mean, yeah, I understand because when I when you know discussing how we're gonna talk about this album, and I'm like, um, do I have to pick an outro? And you're like, yes. So then I had to go back and listen to this album and have these tracks fight it out, right? And um, (laughs) because I'm like, so then Devil's Pie, it wasn't the top ones of the ones I was gonna pick, right? But um, the one thing about that song, even though it doesn't flow like the rest, his interpretation of that, the reason he wanted that track was, was to him, it was like how people like, like slaves would be in the fields where they had to pick their crops and, you know, they're just singing a song to get them through that day. So it's kind of like an ode to Negro spirituals. So that's that's what I can get about that song but you're right in terms of the whole album sonically it's the one that stands out different mm. right you but put, you put a great context on it I hadn't I didn't know what you what you had said about it so that's really interesting to know yeah I mean because when I saw when he was because he because he had done an, uh, an interview for the album with Red Bull and that's where I learned like um, what his mind set was for that particular piece and so that was interesting to see it that way right when i went back to listen to the album but yeah if you're gonna start from beginning to the end that's the one that kind of like doesn't flow as smoothly right um what did you think of left and right is that a song that you like or dislike or you're indifferent about no i like it but it's it's the um it's the intro uh, rap <laughs> that that you know. Actually, I like the rap, so I'm like, but I know we can't get into the lyrics on this. Mm-mm, not with your kids <laughs> around, so there's only so much we could talk about it. But um, I like the music. I even like, I like the hip hop. I mean, even that song is, is good. It's just like when I had to, com- you know, have it compete against other tracks. Oh, yeah, yeah, it yeah. lost. Sure, right? sure. But on its own, I like that song. Right. Um, but I'm like, we're not gonna be able to talk about those lyrics. <laughs> nah. No. I see you dancing right now. I don't need to tell you that you know how. But babe, you do. Oh, I said you belong. And if you dream to be free, I can take you there. Just follow me. But baby, I won't. Huh. I won't steal your bone. And it seems like to me. I suppose if you're 
I don't know. If you're okay. a Red Man and Method Man, you're going to be on a D'Angelo album. It's not where I would have gone. But, like, <laughs> lyrically, I wouldn't have thought of, okay, well, D'Angelo is D'Angelo, and I need to accommodate yeah. that that audience a little bit a little bit better but um yeah but yeah. i mean they 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 made their rap work with the song yes so i that part yes it's just you know yeah i thought yeah, I, like I really liked it's it yeah. funky it's funky yes. so that's the thing too like even player players funky right from mm. and that's the thing it's like it's a funk album so you know i'm like ah. so even if you know i'm like these grooves man i'm like you just get caught up right from the you know from the beginning he just hits you with it so um yeah but yeah it's, it's kind of going back to a time though like with vote uh, it was sort of a period in like okay player history where Questlove used to oh, just yeah. put up a lot of like he'd put up a lot of gifts so a lot of like mp3s that were you know that he had stored away or hadn't been released and and obviously the the law of that song is that red and meth weren't the first choice the one who <gasps> actually recorded it was q-tip but for some reason it was agreed by everyone that it sounded really bad like you could check q-tip has a writing credit uh on he the does. song yeah and he actually recorded uh his his vocals for it but it was deemed not good and i can't think how or why that was possible but um so yeah then they went with red man and method man but i was very happy that it was red and meth because i kind of i i felt like they had a connection with him each yeah you know from breakups to makeups which was just oh, such a, the most amazing yeah. precursor for me like when i remember hearing that song and i just thought oh my gosh that was just he, you know d'angelo on the chorus of breakup on, on method man breakups for makeups was just bliss and it was just a great like for me i always consider that song a part of the album um just because it really got me excited about new d'angelo and um yeah it just it was perfect so to see red man and method man uh, on it was very exciting. well knowing that he wanted a little more gritty sound maybe that's why meth and red fit better Again, yeah, for the maybe. texture, right? I don't. Well, until I hear Q-Tip, I can't say what. I don't know what. I mean, yeah, I'm surprised it never surfaced offline. Yeah, but, uh, yeah, but if if he had the same rap as those two, um, and I like Q-Tip, I don't know that it would have sounded the same. Right. Yeah. And gave it the same vibe that he was looking for. So that's that's how i leave it but i didn't know that but i mean i see his credit on there but now i know why his credit was on there because he was there first and kept it. so he, yeah to his credit I think he still gave him he gave him credit you know you know I mean lyrical credit yeah um, he's still like if i remember right i might have this wrong i should have put the album in front of me but i think he's also credited for like vocal percussion so if you actually listen to yes. the whole thing you can hear him in the background as well so um, right uh, so yeah, but apparently from from Questlove, he did a write up on it uh, around the time the album came out, and he he did talk about how everyone heard it and went, oh, like that it's not sounding good. And how do you tell Q-Tip like, sorry, dude, like freaking Q-Tip? How do you tell him it's not up to um, up to scratch or anything? That's crazy. Well, you, you don't. You just wait till he goes home for the evening. <laughs> And then when he comes back, you're like, hey, where was I on the album? Um, 
Wait for the Virgin remix. Made, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Virgin made us redo yeah. the album and redo that song, and right. so that's really what it was. Play the label, I love it. Yeah, it was them that didn't like it, so you know that's how that went down. <laughs> but yeah, I'd love to hear it. I don't. Yeah, it's such a shame. It's, yeah, it's surprises just a, never leaked, but. Uh, yeah, actually, I'm, I am too, because half that stuff gets out eventually. Mm, right? yeah. yeah. So, well, I mean, uh, we've sort of touched on him recently, uh, or touched on him a little bit, but uh, Rafael Sadiq has another uh, key collaborator. I think he and D'Angelo, have, they haven't got a huge body of work together. There's obviously Lady from Brown Sugar. There is a, a Be Here from uh, Sadiq's uh, Instant Vintage. So there's not a huge amount of of music but when they do get together it's oh, it's bliss isn't it it's on point i'm just like oh. and then i'm like well you know i'm i'm a bass head so you know I'm really like, <laughs> yes so i like all the basses every time i was that's what i was listening to too and i was like because it's all funky i'm like who's the bassist on this who's doing that who's doing this so mm. i'm like oh all the basses on this album props to them much love to yeah. all of them because they just laid it down. And so, um, and that's the thing too, is like, even like some of the songs, like send it on where it's like, you know, you got like the sway groove, but underneath it's just like this pulsating driving beat, right. This, you know, it's going yeah. on underneath. And, um, and that's, that's the drum and the bass that are holding it down. Um, and I can always tell when there's like, different offbeats i'm like okay you got quest love to play that right so i'm like i'll check the line i'm like okay yeah he's on that one so um so it's it's just you know but actually you're right i don't know if they've done a lot to with him and and Raphael, but i like all the tracks that they come you know collaborate yeah because they, they just they just really wonderful songs yeah and obviously the chief uh, collaboration on that album obviously uh the untitled how does it feel song which went on to win one of the two grammys uh that uh d'angelo got for for the record and if you know anyone that's heard the the album version of the song well i guess even the single version it ends very abruptly and as law uh dictates apparently the tape ran out and they liked that effect. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this song is already like seven minutes. How much longer was this going to go on for? <laughs> but apparently that, that was, you know, literally the tape ran out. And they, whether you think whether people agree with it or not in terms of, yep, that sounds good or, that, well, that's lazy. Just record it again. <laughs>
<laughs> so uh, I don't know, but um, uh, well, the first time it happens, it jars you because, um, like I said, that song actually has kind of for me, um, D'Angelo's roots from the church where where he gets into it and he, you, you're like, oh, oh, he's getting ready to take it to church where he just kicks it up vocally, right? So now you're caught up in it and you're like in it, in it, in it and then boom, over. So you're like, wait, wait. <laughs> you know, and that's how he leaves you, right? You're caught up with him singing and he's raised vocally the dynamic of that track and then you get this abrupt ending. Um, so it catches you off guard. Mm. Uh, so at least the first time and then you're prepared for it after that. But um yeah, I didn't know that that they ran out of tape. Apparently was, so, yeah. I yeah mean, do you well, hear the prints in that record? That's supposed to be a very princey record. And I sometimes can't really hear it. Like I could maybe vocally at times, particularly near the end, but you know, I, I think that they've both Quest of in particular cited Voodoo as being basically a demo to Prince. It was there, it was him and D'Angelo basically saying, Prince, uh, we want to make a Prince album for you. We want to do your album. That was them saying that it was a large portion of you know what they sort of wanted, both Prince diehards. Okay. Um, but I don't really hear the Prince in the album, if I'm honest, or maybe a little bit in that song, but I, I just I can't no. hear it. Uh, I hear him more in the root than I would in Untitled. Mm. Um, there's like that that um, she left a stain on my heart. I couldn't refute. I'm like, oh, Prince would eat that eat that lineup. <laughs> so um, that's where I kind of hear that vocally. Um, well, they did sample Prince in Africa. I didn't know that till I read the liner notes. See, this is why people it's read Prince. the liner notes. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, and I'm like, oh, because you have that little light, airy thing, and I'm like, oh, they he they sampled "I Wonder You," and um, um, yes, I'm like, well. and, and here I thought we weren't going to talk about Prince, and I'm like, mm, at some point we're going to have to, and I'm just like, there we go. So, um, but yeah, to, um, I don't hear, I don't hear his vocal. The closest I got was the root to like, yeah, Prince, but in terms of the funk and working a groove I, I I would think that you know my joke would be like now James Brown and, and Prince are looking down on that album like okay okay kid you did good you did good <laughs> and then James Brown's like hey pass over those pancakes you, quit holding on pass them over I'm hungry so you know and then <laughs> um, and uh because because it you know it's it's a good funk album and mm. and, a, and it's got you know roy hargrove so you've got the jazz influence and a little bit of the rock because you've got you know the hendrix vibe so it's all of this genre put together so beautifully right mm. but uh nah i, I don't hear prince and entitled how nah, would that like the church going to that right that yeah how would that have grabbed you though because i don't necessarily hear it. i'd love to hear what would have happened but you know based on voodoo if prince was happy and impressed enough that he let quest love and d'angelo produce his next album almost in the voodoo vein how would that have grabbed you can you i imagine excitement but do you think that that's can you hear it or i don't know if i can necessarily hear it i'd love to have heard it but i don't really not really sure how it would have come out to be honest Okay, musically, 
Because, you, you know, if you look at, like, Madhouse and, and then, like, early Prince with the funk, the music would be on point. Prince has got a, a vocal range that's a little higher than D'Angelo. But if, if he let, if, if Prince let D'Angelo um, do quartets with his voice, where he's got all of these melodic overtones with it, that would be interesting, right? Because Prince is very, you know, uh, anal retentive. So to to let that go, it would have been nice. To, I mean, because that's, you know, you, you're essentially, I mean, because both of them play multiple instruments. So yeah. there's that aspect. It would have been funky. That's all I know. <laughs> Musically, it would be, be like out of control. I just don't know what the vocals would be. Mm. Um, but... Uh, the, if 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 he did the layering, oh, that would be right. Nice, because that's one thing about this album. I really like the way he layered his vocals throughout the album. Yeah, but seven minutes, Prince could jam seven minutes, so we'd be like, you know, it, <laughs> it could be like three three songs on the album. This, this guy's just sitting around jamming, so it's like okay. Um, and then Warner Brothers would be like, see, we, we signed, we brought you back and it's going to take you like how long <laughs> so can, can get an album like between you and D'Angelo, we need an album people. So, you know, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, you're 20 and they're still looking for now. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know. It would have been mm -hmm. fun. Actually yeah. now, now I'm, the downside to the quarantine is, um, who's going to do the next you know prince concert at basely i would that's right. i probably probably see um what that collaboration might be like um because we'd see d'angelo take prince's songs and then revamp them the way he wants right mm. yeah that would be tasty it'd be interesting to know prince if um d'angelo would do a project like that that would be that'd be really oh. interesting that would get me on the plane sooner than i anticipated <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, I don't know, Imran. I, I said I wasn't gonna fly, but I'm going but, to pay. Oh, so, yeah, I guess it. No, absolutely. I'd have to do it. Um, because I, I can't drive. For, that drive would be too long. So I, I would, I'd make the sacrifice and mm. I'd fly there. I mean, you talked. We talked about Prince about like not, you know, oh, like oh, this is a D'Angelo conversation, and Prince is, yeah. you know, he tends to work his way in because of us. But just it's probably <laughs> fair to say that initial versions you know when we discussed doing this as like an album series it was first it was which prince album should we discuss first <laughs> and then i think i in a moment of insanity pitched why don't we do every prince <laughs> album in order of release and well yeah that would have been a very lengthy series wouldn't it like well i you know i'm hoping that the listeners you know you know, enjoy our conversations about him as much as we love having them. Wow. Um, but because it's going to happen anyway. But um, <laughs> so, uh, um, but part of this too is is to see Prince's influence, right? Because the fact that this, you know, Voodoo was like an album to Prince, right? They're like, see, see, we could play with you, right? right. Like that's an O, right? You're like, you know, you could. What about just sending him a card? No, we got to give him an album. So <laughs> see, exactly. We could play with you, Prince. We could do it. <laughs> so, 
you know, and I'm sure that was what Quest that that but that idea probably came from Quest because he already went off script with the roots so he could become right. D'Angelo's drummer. Hey, let's just make this whole album. Let's make it give it to Prince and then we can spin it off and <laughs> you, know, like, you know, I'm like, okay. Um but that that tree of music that comes out of that, right? Um and if you're gonna be in funk, then you know, because Prince is really coming from James Brown. So mm. and that's that's funk. Right. And so then that's kind of almost like a baton taking from Prince. Right. Because I don't know who's going to do it consistently now because we don't have it. We don't have any real funk love in out in our current batch of music. But um, but that's that's kind of how I see it. Right. That 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 was the I took that baton from you and this is what I did with it. Mm. Right. It was pretty amazing with with Voodoo because it's like, while brown sugar you know could be you know is is you know there are certainly albums that came before it you know you could yes. cite things by tony 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 for starters yeah um so there are certainly albums that came before it but brown sugar is very much cited as being the album that's really birthed this sort of neo soul kind of genre and what was really fascinating about voodoo is that he kind of did it all over again uh five years later you know he could have gone you know, continued with sort of that foundation that Brown Sugar laid, and that was emulated by lots of people afterwards. Um, right. But he completely went like a whole other way, and that was, and for it to have achieved the success that it did, obviously two Grammys, a uh, huge selling, massive selling album, and, um, you know, it's still talked about. You still get remixes you know, tackling songs uh, from it, you know, it, it is incredible that like Amerigo Garzaway, you know, he just put out uh, not too long ago, he put out an EP of of tracks that he remixed, um, you know, just now from the album. So 20 years later, people are still kind of delving into that as, as much as they are Brown Sugar and still remixing uh, songs like Lady and Mina's Dreaming Eyes of Mine. So it's incredible that he kind yeah. of managed to turn Neo Soul upside down. He created it, say, in 95, and then 2000, he turned it upside down to equal effect. So this is pretty exceptional. Yes, yes. Um, and you don't always get a musician who can do that. Mm. Right? You think you do because we have so many out there. But um, I'm like, um, Rick Rubin, he's like, he loves this album, and he wishes he could have been part of it, right? Because wow. he hadn't heard anything like it. Eric Clapton's in there while he's making the album. And he's like, he he was blown away. I'm like, these are musicians that were going through there while he was making this album. And these are like, you know, great talents on their own. And they're like, you know what? This is like, this is, yeah. And um, <laughs> um, I, I think the, the reason it's different is because D'Angelo it was too clean. Brown sugar was just too clean for him. <laughs> Whatever he demoed and he took the Bob Powers and he heard it and he's like, yeah, this is great, but this is not what I did in my room. <laughs> so, and so he's like, no, no, we're going to go and do something different. And I think um, because Quest was traveling, he was performing with the Roots and so they'd get all these videotapes and stuff. So then you're going back and you're like studying all of these other performers who came before you. Right. right. And you're taking that in and then you're playing and you're playing and you're playing. And so I think that that's kind of like an ode to like, I'm going to reach back, take their influence and then 
push forward with something, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, it's it you know not everybody's willing to put in that work, right? And yeah. I, and it's reflected. And I I don't have anything wrong with what's going on in music today because you know I listen to it. I listen to a lot of it. But where's that classic album right now? That twenty years from now, you know, it'll be talked about. Mm. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I don't know. It could be D'Angelo because by then he'll release a new album, but who knows? <laughs> what are your thoughts you on know. D'Angelo? Like, because um, I, I can get a bit kind of conflicted with him because obviously, you know, he he does have an, an incredible body of work from, you know, I think he has three, fan, you know, two incredible, like, classic albums. Black Messiah has probably not achieved that status yet, but it is a wonderful and beautiful album. Um, there are, you know, countless uh, remixes uh, that came out, particularly from that Brown Sugar period. There are uh, numerous collaborations like Breakups to Makeups, Tracks with the Roots, Tracks yeah. with Erica Badu, Roy Hargrove from the RH Factor. There's loads and yeah. lots and lots and lots of songs that he has put out. However, you know, there were only three albums. There were many years of just silence. And do you ever kind of think, man, you know, have, for whatever those reasons were, do you ever think we, we could have had more from him? Did we even need more? I mean, the fact that we're doing this, having this conversation 20 years after his second album, you know, he probably didn't even need to do any more, you know, but like, is there ever any kind of, um, yeah, I don't know. Not, I, but, yeah. No, no, no. I think, well, I mean, part of this is whatever he's really doing in his life, right? Mm. That's caused, uh, especially between um, Voodoo and um, Black Messiah, because it's a little more, he was, you know, transitioning a little more into guitar, so a little more rockish and, and things like that, as far as what I was studying for this. Um. Some people now the other the swing the pendulum the other way you got Prince that's putting out a cut every dang day yeah. <laughs> you've got him like well you know I'm not feeling it yet or I've I've got to I got to have something some reason to to you know get back in and do this craft right and you're right because as a a consumer of good music hey could you could you give me at least like maybe one or two more because um, um, but I understand it. We get what we get, right? Because Anita, Anita Baker, I wish she would come back. <laughs> you know, Sade putting that out there. Just saying. Yeah. So you know, um, certain artists, you know, they give you, and then that's it. And what he gave us stands on its own. So I'm like, I can't complain because it's like, dang, you know, these are really great, fabulous works. But then mm. that that's what that's what you're talking about, right? Because they were so good. Could I have more? Right. Um, but I just think whatever's going on in his life personally dictated a lot of yeah. what he was doing, you know, to, 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 to get into the studio and put something together. Um, and that's, I think the thing too, is because when you find somebody who can make music like that, you want to, you want to, you want to just, you know, like a kid in a candy store. I want, I want to want to want, um, but he's got a want and that's, that's the deal. It takes him a while to say, okay, I'm ready. 
and I'm going to mm. go in and I'm going to do it. So it's a, you know, I, I would, D'Angelo, if you're listening, we, we would appreciate another album, but we understand, <laughs> we understand if you, you know, need a little more time. So, yeah. um, it's very, it must be very difficult. I mean, well, I, I mean, it depends on the person as you say, but like, yeah. I, I suppose, I wonder if, I mean, I, obviously I'm, I'm not citing anything about him that I've read or anything, but I guess on one hand you have tremendous expectations from people to to live up to. I mean, he, and he has got it right. He hasn't really made any missteps with his music. Um, You know, there are three, you know, incredibly well uh, adored and embraced albums, but you know, is, is, is that kind of easy for him to, is that, you know, to walk into that level of expectation, does he kind of go, you know, when I'm ready, I'll do it again and you'll love it. And that's just the way, you know, that's how good I am. Or is it a case of like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know what, you know, what those expectations uh, are of him, you know, and does he find it difficult to kind of just walk in and be D'Angelo again? You know, I'd be interested to know what that sort of psyche is like for him. Yeah, when I was, I think he's kind of shy. Um, he looked shy in that untitled video, I have to say. Well, <laughs> he looks so okay. Shy. Okay, yeah, he looks shy there. Yeah, okay, okay, all right. Let's. <laughs> no, but okay, I've yeah. I have read the same no, no, thing. No. Questlove did no, talk right. about that, like about right. that video and the impact it had on him because when they would perform it girls are screaming take your shirt off and that was having a real impact on him apparently okay untitled aside because yeah you know that's what i was talking about that's why it blew up so that was like my cut back in the day i admit you know it was you know everything was good and then he actually the way he shot that the whole you know it's a a nice video too um (laughs) (laughs) but but i was reading um from russell um Elvardo. Elvardo, yeah. Um, yes, I want to make sure I did his name right. Is that he was working with Angie Stone and then he was he'd come in with her and he'd be all quiet. You know, he didn't even know because he wasn't he wasn't introduced to him as D'Angelo, he was introduced to him as Michael, right? So he's not even knowing that this is D'Angelo initially. Um when they first started, because he he worked on a couple songs from Brown Sugar that went into voodoo. But I, I think that there's a level of um, trying to deal with the fame aspect of of this business mm. that I don't think he wants any part with, right? And and that's I guess is where the shy part is because you know yeah he has no problem taking his shirt off, but um, I don't I think that part that whole like everything that goes with after I make my music that I have to deal with, right? I don't, you know, like, oh, you're the greatest neo soul, blah, 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 since blah, blah, blah. I don't think that that part, he would like to disconnect from that, mm. right? And you're right, he's made three great albums. So how 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 many artists do that well, right? Yeah. That every every album out the gate is is hot. Yeah. We, we know that there are certain artists that can do that and he's in that realm. But that's a responsibility now that goes with that, right? And so, it's it's almost maybe it's in some way when you when you're at the bottom and you work your way up, yeah, you know. But when you're already at the top and you're like, you mm. know, uh, 
And everybody's expecting greatness now because that's what he's put forth, right? Um, those expectations may have some role in this, right? Yeah. Um, I suppose as a fan, though, because I, I like when Questlove and James Poyser did the Al Green record, Lay It Down, I would be screaming saying, D'Angelo should be on this record. He should be helping yes. to put this record together. Yeah. Why is he not there? But this, these are his years and this, the kind of musical wilderness, you know. You look at The right. Roots and uh, John Legend, their Wake Up album, and it's like, no, oh, take John Legend off. D'Angelo should be on that record. But where's D'Angelo at those periods? He's not there, you know. Yeah. So it's stuff like that when they're when those projects. I remember those two particularly when they came out. I'm like, oh, no, where is he? <laughs> It's stuff like that, you where's know. But... No, where's D'Angelo? Yes, yeah, so, you know, yeah. And um, um, and I don't know. Uh, you know, there's life going on that we're not privy to that, you know. Yeah, absolutely. Just, I'm sure Quest probably hit him up for it, right? But he's got to want to yeah. do it, right? But, yeah, you're right. It would have been great to have him on those projects. So you're like, ah. Oh. You know, and I'm like, nothing, no, uh, we like you, John Legend. We really do. But you just, you know, um, a different sound. That's all. Just one more, D'Angelo. Just one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure we'll get another one. I'm very sure we'll get at least one. But uh, it would just be about when. Well, yeah. it, it can't be. Look, I, I got 15 years in me, but I'd like to have the 15 enjoy. <laughs> the album not waiting for the album yeah. i'm just putting it out there <laughs> you know are there any more sort yeah. of standouts on the album for oh. you because like oh. spanish joint for me and uh send it on always my clear far and away leaders of like favorite songs like from that those. album yeah i mean obviously um, one more again uh, we haven't even yes. mentioned that one uh we mentioned the lion and the root uh as other two like really just gorgeous oh, records but um great day in the morning yeah i'm right that yeah. one. Oh, see and i'm just like and i'm supposed to pick one thank you <laughs> thank you so much i appreciate that <laughs> mm. and oh that's the thing too it's like his transitions in these songs too right like they get really funky and it'll transition to a different vibe within the same song those musicians were kicking butt i just oh great great job mm. um but yeah, I really, that was, that was really, I owe you one. I owe you one for that. Cause I'm like, oh, cause trying to make these songs fight it out. It was, it was <laughs> tough. It was. <laughs> so, I was hoping you would pick either send it on or Spanish joint. So I could just easily just pick the other, but uh, oh, it doesn't look like you're picking either. So I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, oh, that almost makes me want to change my, my pick. <laughs> <laughs> But, uh, ah, yeah. No, I, I have. I, I picked one. I, I picked. I picked Spanish Joint because I'm like. Um, oh really? <laughs> oh yeah, that's my outro. So it's kind of like yeah, that's the song. Um, <laughs> I just the vibe of that song. I liked it, and and it's a it's a uh, festive song to you know lead us out. So I was like, yeah. And I'm like, I wonder if that's his song. Because then he'll have to pick one. Okay. So you really feel like I it. it. <laughs> yes, I did. I really did. Oh, I was like, you mm-hmm. mentioned earlier that your your favorite was the was it the line? The, the root. No, no. 
The Root is my favorite to listen to, but oh, wow. it wasn't my outro song. No. Oh, it, yeah. why would it? Why would like, it not be though? Why would you not want to? Yeah, and um, your favorite. Oh no! You just want to use it to be the the intro. It's not happening. <laughs> That's no, no. Pick the outro. That's how it's going. But um, uh, when I when I because I was just listening to the songs, you know, just to play. And then I heard that I heard Spanish joint and it caught me off guard. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's the one. Cause you know, sometimes you could just listen to them and it just pops up mm. that one hit. And so that's why and I'm like, okay, you, you know, cause it was competing with great day in the root. So I was like, I had, there was a, you know, like four songs I was going back and forth, but I just put, put them all on my player and just let them play on random. And then that was the one that like caught me and I'm like, oh yeah. And that's the one I picked. And so, so it's really my outro selection, but to know that that was one of your picks, that's yeah. really, really, oh, that's yeah. a level of satisfaction. You have no idea. So, <laughs> but see, you already have another one. So I thought you were going to have to at least, you know, go through a little bit of what I went through. to put No, it would always, no, it, it genuinely always would have come down to send it on or a uh, Spanish joint like for me. That song too. That's yeah, a good, it's, oh, it's a good three count song. It's just boom. Oh yeah, I love that track. So uh, we're in agreement. That's yeah, right. we we picked both of your songs. Oh yes, yes, that's good. Yes. So do you want to officially so, set up the the the, the closing number? Then I know you we pretty much already done it, but do you want to officially uh, uh, close the show with 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 uh, your pick? Spanish. We're gonna we're gonna select Spanish joint to take us out, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a. Uh, flavorable festive song and I think that that was just apropos for us to end our, our conversation on Thank you.
Oh, 